Podcast. That's right, Real Good Show is back for another week. It is episode number 175, an episode that um, that is here. The show, the show is here. The show is back. Uh, my name is Justin Morissette, and I uh, will admit I have uh, I've been a little bit sporadic uh, in terms of releasing episodes a little bit uh, here and there, and, and then kind of disappeared for the entirety of much of the past month. And I do want to touch on that for a second before uh, I bring on this week's guests. And it is a delightful episode, so we should probably get to that as soon as possible. But before that, I do uh, want to uh, address my absence. I do want to say that, uh, you know... um, in the past, I, I feel like I have been relatively open and honest uh, about my struggles with mental health. And I said last month that, you know, if a week goes by without an episode, it's because uh, I don't always win the fight. And and that is true. But I think I've also thought in the past that just by being honest about my depression or my anxiety, that that, that has been enough, that I can just acknowledge that it's a battle sometimes and someone out there that's maybe going through the same fight can hear um, that they're not alone, that I'm, you know, right there in the, in the same uh, problems that, that they are going through. And I can say that I'm grappling with mental health issues and still feel like I'm doing cool things and if not living, then at least approaching the life that I want and that that makes me, you know, a, a mental health uh, success story, that that's enough. Uh but it's not. It, it's not. I have had prevailing issues that have had a negative impact on my brain and really my entire life for, I mean, more than four years now. And I've been aware of them, but I haven't necessarily dealt with them. Not properly, anyways. Not professionally. Not even really being able to admit to myself or to my loved ones that these were creating problems for me to the, to the, to the degree that they that they were. And I'm sure in the time that, you know, Stefan and John were on this show, they didn't always make me the easiest person to work with. But I've always thought through some combination of desperation and, you know, perpetually being broke that I didn't need help that, that I can't afford. I, that instead of working through these things, I could just work through them. Like having this show in my life could give me some structure and I wouldn't feel like I was in free fall, that I could just work, throw myself into work. And if working all the time made me successful, then my problems might just melt away entirely. But it doesn't work like that. I have spent a long time trying to bury my problems. And one day, you know, you just wake up and realize that half a decade's gone by and you're still struggling with the same issues that you were five years ago. And maybe this is too personal and too honest for the podcast. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, something just changed in me a couple weeks ago, like puzzle pieces that you finally find a spot for. And I'm telling you this, uh, not just because, you know, I feel good about talking about my own uh, struggles for the first time in forever right now, but because, but because I feel like I've let you down on some level, that I let you all down 
by not having a show out for, you know, a few weeks, much of the last month. And I don't want to do that. I want to be honest with you about why there wasn't a show. And by being honest with you, hope that you'll trust me that I'm back now, that the show is back, that I'm feeling more like myself and I'm feeling inspired to throw myself back into this work again, back into a real good show and pumping out a podcast that I'm proud of and that I think you're going to enjoy week to week. That's certainly the case this week. So I hope you will trust me. I hope that, uh, you know, uh, I can at least offer some sort of explanation for why the show hasn't been coming out as frequently as I might like and, and hope that uh, this little spell of, of uh, a lack of episodes is going to be behind us now because I'm actually uh, finally doing the work um, to make myself feel better instead of hoping that that magically my problems will just fix themselves. Um, And yeah, like I said, pumping out a podcast that I certainly hope you will enjoy. That is certainly the case this week because having not talked about certain topics that have come up over the last little while, well, we got a lot of NHL topics to catch up on. And uh, I am joined to do that by the hilarious and wonderful women of the Puck Bunnies podcast, which if you don't already listen to, you really should. Uh, Audrey and Christina have both been very kind to me, honestly. Uh, Just tremendous friends since I met Christina, completely by chance for like 10 minutes when I was in Chicago back uh, at the end of the summer. Um, and their show like has a similar dynamic that, to, I guess, um, WrestleSplania with Kath Barbadero and Rachel Millman in that it's two friends doing a weekly exploration into sports fandom where one is, uh, you know, pseudo-expert and one is learning the sport as they go. And it is just so nice, so nice to hear two people with such clear affection for hockey like, even if they're not always right, they love the sport, and that is what you want, especially a sport that uh, has trouble hooking new fans. It's just, uh, I love the show, and uh, they make me laugh every week on Twitter and on their show, and having guested on their show the last time RGS was on hiatus, I just felt that there was no one else I would rather bring on this show uh, to bring the show back with this time uh, than these two ladies. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Audrey Bowler and Christina, last name withheld, Twitter's own Floozy Esquire from the Puck Bunnies podcast. Russell, look out! My guests this week are the hosts of their own podcast, and I've really brought them on uh, hoping that some of the, the the Puck Bunny's magic will transfer over <laughs> to Real Good Show. Uh, Audrey and Christina, welcome to Real Good Show. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my god, this is a dream come true. Yeah, I, I wish I could tell, like, young me that I would be on a Vancouver-based <laughs> sports podcast at age 26. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I am, I, am. I, I am already scared of how, in your intro to this show, how you're going to describe, like, us. <laughs> how you're going to introduce your audience. Like, these two dumbasses who I met through the internet... That's not true. My show this week. I met Christina in real life first. For 15 minutes. Yeah. We- that's true. That's true. That counts. It was actually like a weirdly fortuitous meeting because I was like, oh my god, Justin, you like hockey. I I have this really funny idea for a bit where I have a <laughs> hockey podcast. And then I took it to its fullest extent and now I have one. Yeah. So. And uh, I had a great time being on your show uh, a couple months ago. And... You were our first guest. Yeah. It was it was really special. 
This that was when uh, this show was on hiatus, and people listened to that and were like, "Wow, he should he should be on a podcast again." Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. felt uh, I <laughs> felt right. inspired right. to uh, to relaunch the show. And having been on a brief hiatus once again, I felt that there was no better way to get this going again than uh, to bring some of that puck bunnies energy in here <laughs> and, and get me fired what? up about hockey. Chaotic, horrible energy. We're like in the movie Crank. We're the crank, and, and you're Jason Statham. <laughs> you the you crank. have to uh, <laughs> the heart that needs electricity constantly. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. That's what we are. Uh, well, before uh, we dive into the hockey discussion, and first of all, Christina, you are moving today, so I do appreciate you taking the time uh, during a very busy day as you... Oh, come on. Like, it's... You don't need to give her any credit. She actively chose to do this. She does, she's avoiding her she's avoiding her responsibilities. Okay, mom. Yeah. Also, yes, that's true. I I did this so that I could have an excuse to have a beer at like four o'clock. In the, what time is it? It's four. Oh, right. What time is it? <laughs> yeah, this is our our famous segment. Everyone tries to figure out what time it is in their respective time zone. Okay. Eastern Standard Time right now where I am. It is 5.20 p.m. It's currently 2.20 for me. It's 4? It's 4 here. <laughs> it's 4.20, Christina. Yes. Oh, my God. Play it. <laughs> wow. So what, truly what, international what, bi-coastal. Whenever we were planning this, it took me, like, 10 minutes to be like, oh, wait, I'm I'm ahead of Justin. <laughs> You're ahead of Justin. <laughs> I was like, let's do it, too. Oh, wait. No. Oh, God. I have I have shit for brains. We, we got there, though. We got there. Uh, so thank you. I, if anything, you, I guess you should be thanking me for providing a distraction from having yes. to deal with your yeah. move. Thank you. I'm just going to like live on the street now because I'm not going to have enough time to move. But thank you. <laughs> uh, but, Audrey, uh, before we talk about hockey, yeah. uh, you work for Media Matters. For oh, America. are we going to talk about Tucker Carlson right now? I mean, it was quite a week for you, I believe. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Every, yeah, everything normal on your end this week? I just had a really normal, quiet, like, very low-key week. Um, everything was fine. Definitely um, just great, just normal job where I encounter a lot of normal people. Um, yeah, we've been dealing with a lot of uh, Tucker Carlson stuff, obviously, this week. Um, one of my friends at work, who is just a genius and an angel, uh, Madeline Peltz, is, like, the main researcher who like dug up all this audio um, from Tucker's appearances on Bubble Love Sponge, a real show that exists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the show, Bubble the Love Sponge. Yeah, and she spent, she combed through a hundred hours of this of show. Of audio, yeah. I- um, so he would go on the show for like an hour every week, basically from like 2004 to 2011. Which just seems like a productive way to spend your time, of course. I guess. How is your friend doing? Like, is her brain okay? No, I, I do want to be clear <laughs> that, like, at Media Matters, everybody's brains have melted, like, completely. Uh, it's it's a great place to work, and everybody's awesome, but also just broken brains everywhere you look. Uh, but she, yeah, she looked through, like, uh, over 100 hours of audio and pulled uh, Tucker's Greatest Hits. From like eight years of being on this shock jock radio show, and and I'm sure everybody's been totally normal about it since it. Oh yeah, definitely, Um, definitely. My mentions have not been full of death threats. 
Uh, and it everybody seems to be handling it super normal and really well, just like uh, everything in American politics lately. Yeah, well, it was very interesting to watch, like... Um, you know, a uh, conservative freak out online where uh, everyone is just going wild at your place of uh, employment. Right. Where I can watch a scandal unfold and be like, oh, yeah, my friend works there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, definitely getting those Soros dollars. Uh, just having a great time at work every day. No, seriously, it's a great place to work. Um, I have no complaints. And um Nobody's paying me to say that. <laughs> I, was, I was saying last night that we basically live opposite lives. Because, we do. We do. Because oh. I go to work and I like work a hockey broadcast all night long. And then mm-hmm. I come home and unwind by getting mad about American politics. Mm-hmm. And for you. I get- spend all day on Twitter getting mm-hmm. mad about American politics. And then I come home and then get mad about hockey for three hours. And then I go to bed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's healthy. <laughs> it's, it's, I just do whippets in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a coping mechanism to just come watch yeah. some hockey before bed. No, I love it. Exactly. Um, you, you guys' show uh, is called Puck Bunnies, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, Christina, you are a new fan of the sport. Like last year was your first uh, playoff run, essentially. Is that fair exactly. to say? It, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I thought it was really stupid. So I lived in uh, Minnesota for four years. I went to law school in Minneapolis. So, like, I, I moved from Texas to Minnesota where, like, hockey is, I guess, a big deal in Minnesota or whatever, even though the <laughs> wild are extremely boring. But, like, the state I, of hockey, I hear they call it. Right. Like, I just was, like, so I wanted to not like it because I was, like, everyone likes it. It's also boring. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I decided I had, like, a bad breakup. And I was like, I need to hyperfixate on something right now. <laughs> and I decided that that was going to be the Washington Capitals playoff run of yeah. the 2018 Stanley Cup yeah. uh, finals. Audrey just Christi- stepped in yeah. and was like, cheer for my team. Well, it, it started as all as all great uh, fixations do with Tom Wilson, okay. uh, unfortunately. <laughs> He's a great recruitment mechanism for sad single it's, women. It sucks. Uh, and I wish this wasn't how Christina's obsession started but i did i remember seeing her tweeting about tyler sagan mm-hmm. at some point during the playoffs last year um and i said boy if you like tyler sagan do i have a dude for you uh here's the picture of tom wilson get back to me tell me what you think <laughs> um, that is essentially what happened yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so and then shortly after that uh was the whole tom wilson hit on zach aston reese that got him suspended during the playoffs and then it turned into a whole like okay why did this happen let's teach christina the rules of hockey let's talk about why the penguins and the caps hate each other the- so much let's talk about like how great it is that the caps beat the penguins and then they won the stanley cup yeah also let me let me clarify like audrey and i weren't like friends and so no. i <laughs> started messaging her about <laughs> hockey at like in like april of last of yeah. 2018 so yeah. that's pretty cute yeah, it's yeah. A, i'm very persistent it's a, but yeah it's been my first full season as an actual hockey person so do you feel spoiled then having because i mean you picked the caps basically as your team at the start of that playoff run and you got 
right out of the gate without even having to go through a full you season. Have, she's, she's never experienced pain. She's never experienced suffering. I've experienced some pain because the Capitals are like, <laughs> not had a great season. <laughs> You've experienced the normal amount of like mid-season nerves of a Caps fan where you're like, is this team good? I don't okay. think so. Okay, so in my defense, I think I've actually watched more Vancouver Canucks games than I have <laughs> Capitals games. So, like, I feel like I know pain and anguish and, like, just despair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is the one thing that Canucks games are good for, is just, like, finding that, that like, brief bit of hope that still remains in your soul uh-huh. and completely smothering it. Extinguishing it. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God, last night's game. Oh, my God. Uh, th- that was probably the worst game of the season. The Canucks <laughs> so played the bad. Devils at home last night. And it was like the first time where, uh, I mean, like, the, it's been like a, a catchphrase of the team this year to be like meaningful games, meaningful games. We want our mm-hmm. kids to be playing meaningful games in February and March and into April. <laughs> And this was, like, the least meaningful game of the year where you can finally (laughs) see that, like, neither of these teams are making the playoffs and they have nothing to play for. I think the Devils were officially eliminated from the playoffs, like, two hours before they played the Canucks last night. And it showed in the way they, they... They showed up. And the weird thing is, like, you could tell that that game was gonna be bad from, like, the very first minute... And it never got better. Like Never got better. I mean, even people will be like, well, three-on-three overtime is so exciting and intoxicating that, like, it has to – that'll provide some entertainment mm-hmm. value. The folks will at least go home happy. No. I don't think anyone went home happy last night. Three-on-three overtime. Even the shootout was boring. Like, Pedersen oh pulled his God. greatest move of all time. Yeah. But other than that, that shootout went forever and nothing happened in it. It was uh... Also, I can't name a single person on the Devils right now other um, than Ky- other than Kyle Palmieri. Yeah. And no, Taylor like... Hall. Taylor Hall's not playing. He's been, he's been out for literally months. Oh, wow. That's just how much I pay attention to the New Jersey Devils. How cheap can you get Vancouver Canucks tickets? Uh, probably. Can you go for free? I mean, <laughs> can I? No. Well, yes. I'm in the studio for every single home game, so I don't get to go to any of the games. I would imagine, though, that, like, because t- tickets usually drop quite a bit, like, after the game starts, right? So if you find a scalper who's still just, hawking yeah. seats during the first intermission, like, it's it's pretty cheap then, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine you could probably get in for, like, 20 bucks if you uh, caught a guy at the right time. Nice. It's not, you know, it's not fun though, right? Like it's not fun to go watch this team right now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah. Are are you still having fun during your first regular season? Because everybody says, you know, the regular season in hockey, it's long, it's a grind. Have you found that a little bit? Given that this is your first go round, are you fired up, ready for playoffs right now? First of all, the season is too long. Like, I mean, like, just in terms of, like, these poor boys need some rest. And also just, like, I don't understand why. Like, it's hard. I mean, because I'm such, like, a storyline-driven, like, person in Mm -hmm. terms of just, like, how I consume media. Like, it's hard to have, like, a coherent storyline for, like... 70 whatever games like they should give them they should give them all of december off like tv they should like i I don't know like i just it's it's hard to keep up with everything but it has been fun because there's there's always like a game on to watch Mm. and like that's also what i like about basketball it's just like you can turn on the tv and like find something to watch so 
like I've gotten to branch out and like learned a lot about different teams and different players, and I've really I've really enjoyed that, and I've I've learned a lot. I would say. Well, I mean, it was kind of your your guys' mission earlier in the season to try and watch at least one game uh, of <laughs> yeah. every single team in the league. That's because gone super well. <laughs> you guys focus in on like one game every week that you talk about on your show. Was I, I, that obviously uh, went sideways as the season went along? Was there one team that you watched though that was just like? so bad oh my that, god that the idea of having to explore every franchise just became uh, a nightmare yes yes we watched the red wings play <laughs> the ducks the ducks <laughs> jesus christ this was we like watched, a month ago we, we lasted one we lasted one period it was the sloppiest slowest game of any sport that i've ever watched yeah and we gave is, up uh you know, they've seen better days. Twelve years ago, Anaheim and Detroit, that's a are you kidding me? That's a marquee matchup. That's, right. That's the best game you can find. But yes, no, it's uh ee, ee. Uh, Yeah, that yeah, was that we, was we really stopped. painful. At that point we were like, This bit is done. It's over. <laughs> we stopped letting people vote on what we were gonna watch. We're like, fuck off. Stop. <laughs> 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 and also also like the format of the show changed a little bit because as people were listening we started getting a lot better and like more numerous calls yeah mm-hmm. so we don't have to like put ourselves through such perversions anymore <laughs> yeah you, you can just talk about the big stories of the week instead of subjecting yourself to uh you know the islanders versus yeah carolina people will stop people will stop voting to make us watch the islanders oh the islanders versus carolina probably a great game to watch yeah this time of year both those teams yeah. are see that's what i like about uh you know your show is that you kind of uh i feel like you touch on every single team in the league whereas i'm like i try to pay attention to larger (laughs) trends but i live in vancouver it's going to be vancouver focused it's not like your show is a washington capitals show no we try really hard to like to like have a different like you know like focus on all teams but i will say vancouver hockey twitter is lit yeah like y'all have some shit posters like and they're all girls like it's very cool yeah and Justin. I'm, I'm very looking, much looking forward to you guys coming up for the draft, assuming that that is going uh, to happen. I really, I really, really hope that we're able to come out this summer. I think that would be really fun. Um, yeah, Vancouver Twitter is great. Super friendly. Um, second only, in my mind, to Kane's Twitter, which has Ooh. been a delight this season. Oh, it's wild. Kane's Twitter is just like a bunch of nerds who like... <laughs> Don't care about stats. Live in the research. They live in the research triangle, and they have a lot of feelings. I, well, I love the Canes this year because, like, I mean, obviously, like the storm surge is super fun, but it's just a team that you just never think about. Like, I'm, right. I'm sure if you like did a Sporkle quiz where it's like name all 31 NHL franchises. Yeah. You'd, you'd forget Carolina until the end. Like, that might be the last team that you... Actually, I did that quiz, and Dallas was uh, the last team that I remembered existed. But regardless, like, they're just... Offensive <laughs> to me! <laughs> they're just, like, a, a franchise that that doesn't really ever get a moment in the sun, right? right. Like, they never make the news for good reasons. Nobody's ever focused in on the results of their games because even if they're good, they still don't really matter. And this season, it's like they've had 
you know, Don Cherry get to be this big villain that rallies this whole group together. Yeah. You know, it's... I mean, and it's kind of like, if in my mind, if you're pissing Don Cherry and Brian Burke off, you're generally doing something right. Um, and it's also just been so fun to, like, watch Sebastian Ajo have this amazing season and, like, watch Dougie Hamilton have, like, a place where he's actually finding, like, serious success and seems to be, like, be is one of the stars of, of the Canes right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing Justin Williams possibly leading his team to, like, another a successful playoff run or at least, like, a wild card spot is, it's just, it's got all the great hallmark of, of uh, underdog storyline, I guess. Yeah, and, like, there's this classic kind of coaching technique to kind of... I guess, like, be a jerk to your team on purpose so that yeah. they'll all come together against, as, like, a united force against you as a coach, in a way. That is called, that's called negging. Yes, Justin. exactly, exactly. <laughs> for girls, and I, too, I, I heard. And I feel like they, they have created this scenario, you know, that is presided over by Rod Brindamore, who is mm-hmm. an old-school hockey guy. Where like they, you know, the, the villain is externalized. It's not. It's not their own coach, but it is the coach of Coach's Corner, who has yeah. united not just that team, but that entire city and fan base around this cause of like we're gonna have fun and we don't care about you know these stale traditions. And if you got a problem with it, fuck you, man. Like yeah, it's it's you love to see it basically you really do yeah. you really do yeah. and also then, I, did, I, I did not know that's how you said his name I, in my head I'm <laughs> saying Brind Armor <laughs> and I've watched yeah. a lot of Kane's games I don't know I guess I'm just not paying attention <laughs> that the, the way you said it sounds much better mm-hmm. um, Audrey you are though a big Washington Capitals fan and I I have been looking forward to having you on the show just oh. for, 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 you know, a number of reasons, but one in particular. Uh, <laughs> and that is, of course, uh, that your beloved boy, Jay Beagle, signed Such a good his, his, his just cash-laden deal mm-hmm. to come to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And he, That's right. when they were in Washington a couple <laughs> weeks ago or a month ago or so now, uh, and you, uh, you know, were standing in the coffee line behind Jason Botchford that morning. Yeah, that was you. cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Jay Beagle got, like, the biggest hero's welcome that you could possibly receive. Like, people yes. people yes. are in tears to see this guy mm-hmm. again. And, yeah. and, like, you know, there's all there was, I mean, they did, like, a welcome back, thank you, Jay, ceremony during the game, standing ovation, all that sort of stuff, which is sort of you would expect for a player who won the cup there. But, I mean, you know, he's a fourth-line center. Like, how... How important how, could a guy what like is that, that really what is be? That? How dare you? <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, like, it's it's that's what he is. Um, first of all, I was at that game because I wanted to see Petey, obviously. Hell yeah. Um, and so, like, Beagle coming back was just a bonus. But the thing about Jay Beagle is that he was with the Caps for so long. Um, and he was he's always been a fan favorite just because, like, he is as cliche. This is going to sound so cliche. He is one of those, like, meat and potatoes, fourth-line guys who kind of centers the rest of the team. And he's always been great with the fans. 
Um, he's always signing autographs. He'll always be like the last one out after open practices. Um, he'll say hi to fans in the stands after games. Um, he'll, he's like a big, like he'll hold your baby for pictures and stuff (laughs) like that. He's just like a, he's like a really genuinely very nice guy. Um, and people love that about him, that he was like accessible. Um, and also like, his numbers weren't great, <laughs> like especially the last few seasons. I know, <laughs> but he was like the face-off wizard expert for the Caps, and so like, like I remember last year Barry Trotz put him on the ice for like literally every face-off in the defensive zone, like the entire season, and then so he'd take the face-off, he'd win it like seventy percent of the time, and then he'd just get off the ice as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, face-offs, those things that matter. <laughs> those things that definitely matter as that much as everybody tracking. says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and also, like, last year he was on about 50 different line combinations because there were a billion different new wingers that they were trying out with him. Um, so he's, he's just super, like, he's just a genuinely good dude, I mm-hmm. think, is is the vibe. And, yeah, I was, I was at the game when they played. First, I was, I was there for warm-ups so to see him come out and like have hundreds of people already in the stands with like welcome back jay signs and cheering for him and seeing him go by and like just be grinning the entire time for 20 minutes or whatever yeah and then he was the last one off the ice for warm-ups and like gave everybody like he gave a stick salute to the crowd before the game had even started um i mean i think like he was with the caps for so long and to just when you have a team that keeps disappointing in the very specific ways that the Caps had been disappointing for so many years, you need <laughs> you need players like that to be like your emotional support player, where you're just attached to them for no real reason. Um, I think it's a lot of those. I have a lot of those. Um, and yeah, he's just a good guy. He also had a flip phone until like 2016. So I feel like this is like the <laughs> real life equivalent of. Uh, in fantasy sports, certain, mm-hmm. certainly fantasy basketball, when I played fantasy basketball, there would be certain guys who, I, if I drafted them in like year one of the league, I would come back to them year after year after year because it's like it's a depth position. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. I, I, used to do, I, I used to do that too. Who was your guy? Mine was, mine was Pau Gasol. I'm, and I, you know, I just like this guy. So if right. I need to have a person, it may as well be this guy that I like because if I'm going to mm-hmm. win... I, I want to win with him. Right. And it for, makes no logical sense. Yeah, it's, but da, like, it's Danilo Gallinari for me. I just The heart wants what oh, it wants. Oh, no. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey does not know who we're talking no, about. No, I don't. Like, okay, so I've had Danilo before, and, like, he sucks because he'll, like, sometimes he'll put up, like, 50, yeah. and in other, like, he'll, he'll, like, miss every fucking shot. Yeah, yeah, thing. but he's my boy. He's always on <laughs> my team. Danilo, God, I... Danilo Gallinari is my Jay Beagle, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, glad, I'm really glad. I'm really glad he got paid. That's yeah, all. I'm but really I glad mean, he got paid. we we basically did a fourth line center swap because Nick Dowd left here and took Beagle's mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. in Washington for a fraction of the price. How yeah. much is How much is Beagle getting paid? <laughs> three oh. three million a season for four yeah. years. <laughs> My man. And Nick Dowd is making like basically league minimum. And so yep. I would ask you: Do you, do they miss Jay Beagle? Or is Nick Dowd doing everything that he would have done for, uh, you know, significantly less money? I think he's doing, yeah, I, I honestly think it was a good swap. Um, and I, I was sad about it when it happened, but also, like, 
we needed younger centers. Yeah, and, and it's a cup winning team. You can't <laughs> yeah. you can't afford to pay everyone, you know. Right, exactly. Um so they got a good deal with him. They obviously got a great deal with Brett Connolly, um, who I think just hit his career high mark in goals scored um a couple nights ago. And they're paying him like nothing and he's in a contract year. So um yeah. So I wanted to ask you, am I going to eventually come to love Jay Beagle with the Canucks the way that Washington clearly loves Jay Beagle? And it sounds like <laughs> no. the answer is no. That there's it takes a specific set of circumstances yeah, that will yeah. not exist and I, here. And I think if you already like have somebody on the Canucks who you feel like emotionally attached to for no real reason, mm. like Chris Tanev. Chris Tanev <laughs> comes to mind. But like that you're attached to them and it's totally not reflective of their like playing Nicol- ability Nikolai Goldobin perhaps yeah there we go there we go um Goldie for example is a, I think a great choice um so it depends how much room in your heart you have Justin <laughs> I think <laughs> I might do, you have, do you have three million dollars worth of room in your yeah. heart how's, how's the cap space yeah, in your heart cap space in my heart is not great at the moment I, I, <laughs> wow that's I, a really great way to like talk about just like your emotional availability. Sorry, guys. Like, I, I, I gotta make, gotta clear some cap space in my heart and brain. I really overspent on July one a few years ago, and yeah. uh, yep. I've really been suffering the consequences for it ever since. Yeah, gotta gotta get younger. Uh... <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, I mean, we were talking about depth guys on the Washington Capitals. Why not uh, talk about a guy who? Uh, I don't believe is with the team any longer, given what they did before the trade deadline. Uh, Devonte Smith Pelly got oh, you know man. waived, and I think you were expecting this and didn't want it to happen. No, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> he um, was okay, but like Audrey, like he was not doing well. I was it's devastated. Hot. I was. It's a, it's a hockey team. Like yeah. he has to play well. Listen, was it a quote unquote good business decision? Yes. Did it devastate me in a very unique? depressing way yes um those two those two things can be true this is the nature of sports and being a fan um yeah Devontae smith pelly got waived uh and he's now with the ahl affiliate in hershey uh, i do think that they're going to bring him back up for the playoffs just because like he again he, yeah he, he turned it on last year and also like he's making league minimum right now basically like yeah. he took he took a hometown discount last summer um, and you can debate like the merits of that choice uh, for days, but he he loves this. I think I was upset because like he loves this city so much, and also like um, the unique situation of being like a black hockey player in DC specifically. I think was like very special, and I think it was very special to him, and it was very special to the community. So to kind of have that happen um, just kind of sucked, <laughs> and I hope that. You know, he's working out whatever kinks have been going on this season. Um, he's scored, like, I think two hat tricks so far uh, for the Bears. So hopefully they will bring him back up for the playoffs. It's just he's always like, been a streaky guy. Like, that's his yes. problem. Yes. And, and it just seemed like such a strange decision, too, because, like, you know, sure, he hasn't had a great regular season this year. But is it any different than what he did in the regular season last year? Like, this right. is exactly what happened last season. He was an average to below average depth winger for, you know, the entire year. And then the playoffs happened and he, and he became, scored seven goals. Yeah, he yeah. became a monster. He was <laughs> yeah. just dominant. So, 
you know, this is clearly a team that has playoff ambitions again mm-hmm. and, and wants to go win a second straight cup, even though, you know, mm-hmm. uh, good mm-hmm. luck. It's hard yeah. to do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it, to me, it's just, uh, you know, kind of baffling that you would get to that point in the year and suddenly decide when you're, you know, you're a month and a half from the playoffs that this playoff warrior uh, doesn't have a spot on your team anymore. Yeah, it was very strange. It was also like the day that this happened, about an hour before that news broke, they said that they were going to be waving Dmitry Yashkin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they were at practice and Yashkin like didn't dress. Um, he was at the hotel, I think, fully prepared to go home. And then all of a sudden, Devontae smith left the ice and it was just a decision that was made that they were going to keep Yashkin on and wave dsp so it was just it was very weird it was also like a weird week because they traded uh madison bowie yeah they traded bowie the same week um and then the next week dumping like black players like it was just it was a little weird we loved the optics of that looked really good yeah that's you know you (laughs) you guys talked about this at the time but it is you know kind of strange for you know just the demographics of hockey i guess to to go from being you know one of the 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 teams that has like the highest concentration of black players in the league mm-hmm. in a city that is you know Woo! predominantly yeah. african american to uh you know suddenly having no players at all as a result of right. two moves yeah, like two relatively minor transactions and you go from being one of the vi- the most diverse teams in the league to like just being real white, so. A lot of Russians, though, still, which counts yeah. as diversity in the NHL <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I mean, do they do they have a shot again this year? Or no. Is, yeah, of course yeah. not. <laughs> no, come on. They're going to be exhausted. No, they come already, on. I mean, they're going actually... to get tossed second round if they even get there. <laughs> Um, I think it would be really, I don't know. So the Caps are playing the Lightning tonight for the first time all season. They haven't played them yet. I'm really interested to see kind of how that shakes out. um, Because I think that would be a really fun kind of playoff scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I do not. I mean, like, odds are they're not going to win the Cup again. (laughs) Um, But again, like at this time last year, that's what I was saying, too. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. they, so they, I'm a dumbass. But they found their secret weapon, which is apparently just playing Mario Kart for, I think right. it was N64. Oh, my God. Some, mm-hmm. Somebody bought an old N64 off eBay, I think Braden Holtby wrote in the Players' Tribune. Yeah, it was apparently Nate Schmidt who did that. Yeah. Um, so so Mario Kart would have been a part of their team for quite a while then. It yeah. Sa- it sounded like it was like this thing that he got introduced. It was like the secret to their cup run. But if Nate Schmidt brought it in, like he wasn't yeah. on the team for the entire year. So that's, that's what <laughs> happens when your players play Mario Kart and not Fortnite, Justin. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you need to get those boys off their phones and onto some consoles. Yeah, no PS4s. <laughs> get get these modern consoles out of here. If it was made. Hey, I, thought you, I thought you play Fortnite on your phone. Uh, you can, I think. I think you can play it on a PC too. Yeah. Oh. It's also a console game though. Because okay. there was that story of like guys buying TVs. 
Like going, oh my God, going, yeah. going to Best Buy after the game to buy like a 60 inch flat screen. That's that and, was the Jets, and right? then just leaving it in the hotel afterwards. Jesus Christ! Having like a TV that you left in every city on the road. Yeah, I think that was Patrick Line that he's just got TV money to throw around. He like I, he seems like a freak. I love it. I love him so much. <laughs> I love that he lives with his mom. But yes, yeah, I love I love the Jets. Like like the Jets has been like probably like my weird team that I've like picked up on over over the season. Just being like, I like these guys. These guys are fun, and like they're just full of a bunch of freaks. And like Patrick Line is <laughs> a little freak, and yeah, I love them. Big Jets fan over here. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, I want to see the Jets do well. The thing is, there's yeah. just like I know this is a problem that Toronto is complaining about right now too, with I guess Boston or whatever. Like, there's just too many good teams concentrated in certain divisions. So, yeah. So like you know, I think last year, even though Vegas went on to win the Western Final, it felt like the real Western Final was Winnipeg versus Nashville because no Mm -hmm. matter which team came out of that series they just demolished each other to a point where Vegas kind of had an easy go of things with uh you know I I guess it was um the the Jets who survived that Mm -hmm. series uh wasn't it no it was Nashville that what what no no, it was the Jets. It was, it was, it was the Jets who survived. It was yes, the Jets. Because the, the then the, they played the Caps. Yes. Then they played oh, the I thought you guys were like hockey fans. Sorry, I did work I... these games in the <laughs> yeah. playoffs last year. It's just hard to remember. I can only remember things like far as far back as like three months ago. That's yeah. pretty much my every, capacity. Every game just blends into one another eventually. Down. Audrey has to like memento her life. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Just getting tattoos of all these minor Washington <laughs> Capitals roster moves. Yeah. Don't yeah. trust Jay Beagle. DSP on waivers. Oh, God. Just tattooed on you. Ethan, what are you, like, looking forward to most as we go into playoff season? Uh, I got my eye on Pittsburgh for sure. <laughs> what, don't we all? What, whether or not they even make I the don't. playoffs at all you know like this is this is to me the most fascinating team to watch down the stretch as a vancouver fan because you have both of the trade pieces in the most contentious deal of jim benning's tenure on the, most the handsome same, man alive on the same team <laughs> it's very kind of you to describe jim benning that way audrey <laughs> Uh, it's the the die job that really brings you in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, You got Eric Goodbranson on the back end, and you got Jared McCann up front playing with Sidney Crosby. So, like, there's a way to be mad at Jim Benning either way, no matter what happens with that team. Like, if they succeed and they go far and they have any amount of success in the playoffs – Jared McCann is playing with Sidney Crosby. Yeah. And he's going to do amazing things. And as a team that needs young scoring depth and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you maybe don't even need to go out and spend $12 million on Jay Beagle if you have a 22-year-old Jared McCann, you know, perhaps, just maybe, just an idea that I had. Yeah. Uh, you get to <laughs> watch that guy succeed and be mad about not having him. And if they fail, then they're going <laughs> to fail spectacularly on the basis of Jack Johnson and Eric Goodbranson. Mm-hmm. It will be all their fault. Yeah, and I get to be mad about, you know, how did, how even if he eventually came around and decided that he had to get rid of this guy, how did he ever think that it was someone that you should give up assets to acquire in the first place? So Well, it's he's very pretty. He is very nice to look at. <laughs> that 
like, we, the Good Branson effect. We can talk about, like, Pittsburgh, and, like, it's fun to, like, you know, like, dunk on Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh sucks, worst place in the world, whatever. Horrible the real fans. story is the fucking Blue Jackets. Yeah. Who I, might uh, not make the playoffs. But I, it would be amazing if the Penguins missed, though, right? Because, like, they just, <laughs> they don't ever miss the playoffs. Either way. <laughs> If the Penguins don't make the playoffs, I am going to go on, like, a celebration bender just because it will be so funny. Um, I think that would – I mean, it would be amazing. It would be so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just to have Crosby miss the same year that, like, LeBron is out of the NBA playoffs as mm-hmm. well. Wow. That's and to have, like, like – you know, Malkin just hit a thousand points of his career and like to have him miss the playoffs this year. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's fun to watch that entire fan base kind of deconstruct every year because every year they have this stretch of like, this team is actually bad. This team is bad and we don't believe in them anymore. I'm like, come on, as, as long as you have Sidney Crosby and like Phil Kessel on the same team, you can't say that your team is bad. Yeah, but, you know, as we've watched these, you know, next generation of young stars rise up through the ranks, uh, you know, the last couple of years, but it feels like especially this year that so many of the top scorers in the league are, like, very young guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a big signal of a of a generational sort of sea change happening in the league if the Pittsburgh Penguins miss the playoffs and the Carolina Hurricanes make it, you know, like that. <sighs> My that, dream scenario. <laughs> it's it's inspiring on some level. If you say it enough, it'll become real. <laughs> but but yes, Christina, you are correct in that. Like Columbus is a huge story as well. In in that, like, I don't think that they were wrong to push all in the way that they did. Like, no, and I and I'm like way more invested in the Columbus stuff just because like I've been watching hockey for like a year now. So like I don't I mean like I, I know that I'm supposed to hate the Penguins. I don't really know why. I know I just do what Audrey <laughs> tells me to. So like I find the Columbus situation a lot more funny because like I've been there for the whole like like iteration of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I don't think they were wrong either. They had to. What the fuck were they gonna do? Like not make a run? Yeah, especially when you're a team that has never won a playoff series before, mm-hmm. I, think they've, I think they've only won four playoff games total in their entire yeah, franchise they've, history. They've never made it out of the first round. And two of them were last year. So you hate pr- to see it. Prior to last year, they'd won two <laughs> playoff games ever. Yeah. Um, the two I mean, last year were against the uh, Washington Capitals. Yeah, and they, they did give the Caps like the best push that any team gave them mm-hmm. in that entire playoff run. I think, you know, it's... Braden Holtby wrote about it in the Players' Tribune that this is a game that is defined by luck and bounces and you can do the same processes and try to have the same success over and over again. But ultimately, it's going to come down to luck of the draw because it's yeah. it's an entirely a game of chance on some level. And there's, a, there's an alternate reality where, you know, maybe three things happen differently in that series and the Blue Jackets win it instead. Right. So... You do need to give your fans the vote of confidence that you believe in your team at a time when Panarin's going to leave at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was the right decision to push all in, but it's also maybe acquiring too many pieces too late in the year for them to I can't, imagine, chemistry. I can't imagine how stressful that must be to just suddenly have like six new guys in your locker room. Um, but I, I mean, I can't argue the fact that like Panarin and Bobrovsky are gone at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I do think it would be hilarious if they don't make the playoffs 
and like Matt Duchesne walks over the summer for nothing and Panarin and Bobrovsky are both gone for nothing if they lose like all three of them and like I don't know who else did they get like fucking Adam McQuaid or whatever Ryan Dezingle uh, yeah Ryan Dezingle if they're all gone and oh god uh, Keith Kincaid oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's just um, gonna be Seth Jones with like a bunch of dolls. Yeah, like <laughs> they're gonna be Seth Jones and Bruce Jenner as practice dummies, like around. <laughs> oh, and they're gonna have no money. No money <laughs> and no draft picks. They literally yeah. like gave away all of their picks for this season. So oh, that's very cool. It's going to uh, going to be a hell of a scenario for Yarmo Kekalainen and if this team somehow does not make the playoffs, which is very much looking like they will not. Um, but is there a team that you're looking forward to actually watching in the playoffs? Never mind uh, who we think might miss here. Oh man, I if the, I am so excited to watch the Canes. I oh. have every finger and toe on my body crossed. Can you imagine a, a storm surge here. in the playoffs? I'll probably come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like if they play if they play the Caps in the first round, or like. If they play, they might, I, I don't know who else, but it would be so, they're just so fun to watch because like Sebastian Ajo, NHL all-star Sebastian Ajo, I, he's great. Um, and I, you can't not root for them. Yeah. And I, I, I think it gets lost sometimes in the, the outrage about how it, you know, it's not traditional or whatever, whatever Don Cherry's problem with the storm surge is, how much it incentivizes that team to win on home ice. Like they had the Evander Holyfield one a couple weeks ago. Or oh, that was so fun! Was. They have a a celebrity waiting yeah, in the wings you have to, win. to come out, and they know that they have that plan from the very beginning. So yeah, like you have to go yeah. out there and win. You're gonna bring in Evander Holyfield and lose that game? No, like that team has to be <laughs> fired up to go out and run through a fucking wall in order to do this boxing celebration. They're that they're really up. just a bunch of theater kids. They are. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a hot take. Yeah. The Canes are just like an improv club that just kind of ended up on the ice. Maybe that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you I tell you who I'm not excited to see. I'm not excited to see the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning for like uh, a month and a half straight. God, they're so boring. Uh. I, I try. <laughs> Justin, I try so hard to like enjoy them, but I can't. I can't do it. It's pure skill though. That's like what you want from a team is to just... I know that. What? She does not. She does not. <laughs> Why would I want skill when I could have story? <laughs> there's no there's no drama because they're just rolling no, through everyone. No, we want the we want the WWE like storylines yeah. out of this. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the Leafs. So Tam- Tampa's making it too easy is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't want to watch people so good, good at hockey. Like we get it. We get that you're good. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I guess you're good at hockey and have depth. <laughs> I, kinda, I kinda would like to see Stamkos win it though, you know? He, yeah. He, that he, would be great. He hasn't. And, and I mean the season that Kucherov has had is uh, it's legendary. Yeah. I mean and, and, he's handsome. And you you I you know, I I I'm all for anything that uh like demystifies Russian players, right? If we could just get to a point where you know, your Alex Ovechkins and your Nikita Kucherovs and your Evgeny Malkins and, and even your lesser lights like your Nikolai Goldobins are mm-hmm. are just <laughs> hockey players. They're not like these enigmatic question marks where what do like I got to do to get through to these guys? Is that like, kind of like a – I feel like that's kind of like a Canadian 
specific, I don't know, phenomenon. Maybe. I don't. Th- I I haven't encountered that as much with like American but, teams or American fans. But hockey culture is like intrinsically Canadian, though, right? So like, yeah, the, that's the, fair. The, who the coaches are all like that. You know, yes. I'm not like that, but I recognize it within <laughs> my own country. That yeah, like all, all you know, they 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 get. Uh, I don't want to say kid gloves, but they don't. It seems like the coaches feel like they can't just treat these guys the same as they would Canadian players or American yeah. players. There's something like mercurial and mysterious, <laughs> and well, like no, a good a good player is a good player. If Nikita Kucherov is going to be the best player in the world this season. Full credit to him, and he should be mm-hmm. somebody that you would, without hesitation, want on your team in a heartbeat. And I, I think that there are players, you know, even even if we acknowledge that they have all the skill in the world, like a PK Subban, for example, mm-hmm. uh, who is not Russian but faces his own set of unique circumstances within the way he might be treated in the hockey yeah. world, that people uh, are 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 able to come up with reasons. That they will not, claim yeah. will be hockey reasons to not fully appreciate him as a player. Uh, when, you know, are they maybe more uh, race-related? What are those really Are they related? maybe more race-related yeah. than they're willing to let on? I would say mm-hmm. probably yes. And, and Russians deal with that, like, I would say just as much. You know, it's, it's, it's insane sometimes. So Yeah, definitely. So in that sense, like, yeah, go off. Go off, Kings. <laughs> um, but you, you were talking about Toronto for a second there, Christina. Uh, we both had an interesting run-in with with really both sides of this equation. Oh, my God. Week, <laughs> with this cheering and booing controversy. Uh, over the most boring man in the league. <laughs> God. So John Tavares, like, oh, robot, John Tavares. John Tavares comes home to New York, and the Islanders fans call him a snake and throw rubber snakes on the ice, and they boo him all night long, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and just go go crazy. And their team uh, destroys the Leafs, which was, it had to be fun for them too. He goes yeah. back to Toronto and gets a like very orchestrated, not at all organic. Standing ovation, just like uh, it's John Tavares Day. Yeah, like like what a he's a returning war hero who's just <laughs> faced the worst horror anyone can imagine being booed uh, by Long Islanders. And uh, you know, you guys ran afoul of Islanders <laughs> fans, and I ran afoul of Leafs fans. And what a weekend we had! Wasn't it just great? <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was really something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think we should just keep poking those fan bases in the eye. Two very normal fan bases. Oh, yeah. People who, like, react to sports news normally. (laughs) (laughs) I just, so, (laughs) we watched watched that game, uh, and Christina tweeted something (laughs) that was taken... It's taken out of context, I think, in a way that now, I really now, now I not believe have imagined. It. <laughs> now um, I'm like, Mitch Marner should have done it. <laughs> Mitch Marner fell and uh, scraped the neck of Johnny Boychuk with his skate. And Boychuk was, of course, like ran off the ice by a trainer because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got arteries there. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and We've all seen uh, the, uh, the Clint Malarchuk photos that are just horrific. Horrible. You know? Horrible. Um, and so, Christina, what did you tweet? I think I tweeted that, like, well, if Mitch Marner wanted to kill Boychuk, I'm sure he had his reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Something that Mitch is Chuck. so clearly absurd um, and kind of is like, you know, you know a lot of insane Leafs fans who may have, you know, felt that way mm-hmm. because they are a wildly rabid fan base. <laughs> 
days. Oh, yeah. I, um, as I encountered. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, the next morning I woke up to about 50 notifications on my phone from <laughs> um, Islanders fans who really, really thought that we were serious and we <laughs> wanted Johnny Boychuck's throat to be slit on the ice and have him bleed out and die. Like this 36-year-old defender who scored like one point in his entire life. <laughs> yes, I want I want his ass dead. I was like, but yeah, I want Miss this- Martyr to do it. <laughs> This guy who I definitely heard of before that night. Uh, <laughs> um, no, somebody like very earnestly quote tweeted it. And then um, someone replied to it and was like, well, these two girls just don't seem like they're the best kind of hockey people. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> we host a show called Puck Buddies. Yeah, I don't like, think come on. They're not here for the right reasons. Right. Um, so that was here cool. here to get married and rich. <laughs> so that was cool. Very cool. Um, and then you, yeah, had the same, had kind of the same thing happen to you. Well, I, I took it on from the other side, which was not the booing, but the cheering that he received <laughs> upon his return to uh, fucking Toronto as if he was some kind of conquering war hero uh and not just a guy who got booed for a few hours um, well he's not a conquering war hero because i will remind you that they did lose like six yeah one. real bad <laughs> <laughs> um and i pointed out that like you know toronto fans are just being hypocrites because they know like every fan base knows about the sour feelings of being rejected by a star player that like you yeah. absolutely adored and symbolized your city and everything that you liked about your team for the better part of a decade, right? Like I think if you're a sports fan for long enough, everyone knows that feeling. Everyone has gone through that sort of process. Um, and for them to be like, well, I don't understand why they'd be mad. It's like, well, you know, do you? Do you? 10 years ago, <laughs> you guys lost your minds because Matt Sundin wanted to play out his contract and not agree to get traded at the deadline for an asset because quote unquote that's what's best for the team he he decided that what was best for him was to not leave and he had a contract that said he could not do that he could do whatever he wanted and uh you know toronto fans reacted like he was judas like he had just completely betrayed the fan base blah 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 the retort that I received from Toronto fans is like, well, when he came back, they gave him a standing ovation, which fair. Yes, I picked the one returning player in Toronto <laughs> history who got a standing ovation upon his return. I could have yeah. looked at basketball and picked any number of guys who got booed out of the building. And being cheered for one night doesn't change the, fa- the fact that for like a year, for multiple years even, people just seemed so sour about that. And the quote unquote Muskoka Five, these guys who just, you know didn't want to put the team ahead of themselves and wanted to play out the contracts that they had signed and earned. Um, and so, yeah, I got, I got, uh, I found this little button on Twitter that really helps apparently. Oh, really? Which weeks, one? A couple of weeks ago, I talked about never having been on the receiving end of an angry mob and oh boy, did I really change that. But there's this little button that you can press <laughs> called mute notifications on this yeah. conversation. Oh, you love it. You gotta, uh, love, you gotta use that it's one. It's the greatest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Like, you know, I have Toronto fans screaming at me for, for weeks. And I don't get to see any of it. I get to just continue living my life. Living in, your life. In perfect in bliss. Peace. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was really wonderful. Um, it was just so, it was so overdramatic. Um, 
And I'm glad that, you know, we are doing this a week later when Toronto has now repeatedly booed their own team off of home mm-hmm. ice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when that happened. I was like, isn't this the fan base that, is like, last year and the year before was booing their players off the ice, like, every other game? Yeah, they're, um, they're still booing Jake Gardner, like, relatively frequently. <laughs> and he's, like, sitting in the press box. <laughs> and, and he would be, like, the best defenseman on the Canucks. I would love to have him. He's uh, also a cancer. And so. they're just booing him off the mm-hmm. off the ice every night. So, you know, it's not like yeah. there's any sort of hypocrisy. Not like I had any sort mm-mm, of point to make mm-mm, there at all. Um, but speaking of Toronto, there was a bit of an on-ice incident this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, that proved to not be an incident in the end. Uh, Morgan Riley got accused of uh, microphones capturing him saying a homophobic slur to a, a referee. The other uh, F word. Yes. In the end, it turns out that that might not be what happened. That it was two separate voices, one saying fuck, and then the other one talking about the puck, saying maybe, it, rag maybe. It, rag That's it. maybe what happened. Maybe what happened. We'll never know. Um, but I think somebody said it. I think somebody said it, and they just haven't been able to figure out who it is. Yeah, because look, rag the puck. Like that is a phrase that. What the fuck does that mean? It just it, <laughs> it, it means like stretch for time. Like don't don't rush up ice. Take your time, basically. Uh, just say take your time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we <laughs> like rag the puck. I I know it more as like a euphemism in broadcasting because we'll say it uh, uh you know off the air on talk back when we have to fill time before something happens in, in radio. So like it is something that is said, but within the context of what was going on on the ice in that play, it, there was no, yeah. there was no reason to say that. Yeah, It doesn't really make sense to me to say that there necessarily. But um, I, I just love, uh, you know, the, the discourse that we got to endure on that front this week. Of- it was awful. I was, I, part of me was happy that it happened like, so late at night so that we only had to deal with it for like 12 hours mm-hmm. um just kind of the the social media mob that immediately was like well we've canceled morgan riley completely mm-hmm. he is he's, he's done. done he's done and like i think that's perfectly fair i also think that in a situation where it's immediately clear that this there are a thousand different things that may have happened and the league is going to look into it and um you know, make a final determination. Let's maybe not rush to like guillotine him right away. Uh, and I mean, it turned out that this wasn't what had happened. I I really do think that somebody said it, whether it was somebody on um, the bench or it was somebody in the crowd. Um, but that's, I think speaks to a larger kind of hockey wide issue mm. Um, that this gives a good opportunity to have the Leafs address, which I think they've done well. Um, but it, yeah, it's like really unfortunate. I mean, it's just interesting because you have like the people on our section of Twitter who like immediately kind of pounced on him about it. And like, I feel like most people, it, it, it just goes to show like the demographics of hockey. Like most people don't fucking care. You know, like mm. you have you have Patrick Kane, who's assaulted women and, and people and who's still getting like lauded every day on, in, mm. in sports media. So, you know, it's just it's just disappointing, just disappointing to see people overreact and disappointing to see people also not react. Yeah, on both sides of the spectrum. I mean, I think I went into uh, some uh, woman that I follow on Twitter had tweeted about it. Maybe it was Annie. I forget. But she tweeted something about it, and then her replies were all dudes being like, 
it's just guys being guys. You know, it's just guys throwing around, just throwing around gay slurs talk. as they do. Yeah, why can't we say it? <laughs> just locker yeah. room talk. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I think, though, that, like, you know, anyone who came out and pounced on him for it, it's not necessarily, like, him specifically. It's the fact that this kind of pops up in in hockey more oh, yeah. than than other sports I feel like. So so even in the end if it didn't happen like there's that's still a conversation to have that's important mm-hmm. and it's e- probably even better to have that conversation um in a situation like this where say it didn't happen you get to remove mm-hmm. like the 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 blame game and it's not yeah. just piling on one guy and it becomes just a discussion of the issue in general. And I do feel like right. that conversation still kind of happened this week, which was nice. Um, but but you did have these people that were like, well, you came out and condemned him. Or, Are you going to apologize for the things that you said? It's like, no, because... No, don't apologize because that's still an important conversation to have. You can't just like, well, yeah, that didn't happen, so I guess we have nothing to uh, address here. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> cut my hands off dramatically and move on. Exactly. Um, but I guess that kind of opens up the topic of of hockey uh, culture in general and and its uh, inclusivity, shall we say? <laughs> which I think the two of you would probably know something about, having experienced, uh, you know. Being a woman. Uh, on- online hockey Twitter <laughs> as a woman. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess uh, I will ask because you, I love your show. I enjoy wor- listening to it every week. And it's just Thanks. fun to hear two people who uh, clearly are passionate about the game having fun talking about it, which I think is ultimately the point of anything that we do uh, in-, in terms of discussing sports in, in any way online. Um but you know, are are there people who uh, maybe don't take it the same way that I do? Are are there is there is there <laughs> is there sexism that you have encountered as women oh, in hockey buddy. circles online? Who boy? Um. So every so often, Audrey and I will get added to these like group DMs of uh, gentlemen who I guess are sports fans, and they really don't sure. like that we have a podcast about sports. And right. so they'll add us to these DMs on Twitter and kind of just make oblique um, references to, like, how women are awful and deserve to be beaten and that, like, girls don't know sports. Yeah, um, I think the best part about this is that it's usually, like, 40 to 50 different accounts. Mm-hmm. And it's usually um, the very specific brand of, like, ironied out leftist dudes Yes, who... Um, you know, have cultivated this personality online or whatever and just feel the need to let you know that they're watching you mm-hmm. and that uh, they are they don't like what you're saying for whatever reason. Um, and they just want you to know that that's how they feel. Um, so, yeah, we get added to these groups and then they kind of dance around the subject of how, like, women are stupid or awful or, like, they'll kind of talk about the show yeah. Um, like, oh, are you listening? Do you subscribe? Yeah. Um, are, you pa- are you guys Patreon subscribers? <laughs> um, but but yeah, we'll kind of just make references to us being like fat, ugly whores and like that Jesus. kind of stuff. Like, buddy, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this and this happens like all the time. Like, this is not... probably like once a month. Okay. Once a month. Yeah. That's it's still, that's it's still... like. I mean, like. I, I just feel bad because, like, I feel like it's 
I feel like it's my fault because these people don't like me. And then now like they're bringing Audrey into it. But like, I think it's also just like a wider, like women are talking about things like that are for boys on a website that is for boys. Right. And so they want us to know that the boys are watching us. Yes. It's, it's definitely like a weird surveillance. Uh, Mm -hmm. They, they feel that we are kind of public property because we we are outspoken about whatever and like sometimes we're even earnest online mm-hmm. god oh my god um, i wouldn't know anything about <laughs> yeah so i mean like that we do. Of, yeah go ahead but we do have a lot of like really great male fans mm-hmm. like you know like we have like guys who write in with like great questions and like people who like interact with like the podcast account and like they're all really great so mm-hmm. like i feel very welcomed by like 99% of people. Yes. And then just aggressively surveilled by like 1%. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Which kind of, I mean, we knew going into this. <laughs> I mean, the show fully started as a bit. <laughs> it did. It really did. And then we were like, oh, wait, we this is fun. <laughs> um. So as long as we are having fun doing it, like we're going to keep doing it. Uh, but I think going into it, we did know even like, picking the name for the show and being like mm. we're gonna choose this term that is has been used primarily by men in a derogatory way for so long but it's so funny that like how can you <laughs> not use it uh like because i feel like w- what we do is is different because we're not experts Mm -hmm. um and we're not trying to be experts and we're not claiming that we're experts uh but i don't want to be i do feel like the people who don't like what we do um are are frame their understanding of sports media in a very specific this is for experts only this is for men only um this is for white men only yeah. usually I, I mean there's yeah. there's definitely like an irreverence to the way no that, shade to you justin by the way <laughs> there's, there's definitely an irreverence to the way that you guys talk about the game every week um which is different like you know obviously this whole this show that you're on right now has been built on irreverent hockey uh and and hockey adjacent discussion over the last several years but there's a difference in in tone i guess not not necessarily in tone but in subject matter between when a guy does it and when girls do it because like irreverent hockey discussion for me talking about like who you want to bang every week yeah i I respect that like that's fine i mean you should you should you should start doing that irreverent hockey discussion from a male perspective is going to invariably like you know feature a bunch of like jokes about dicks and balls and shit and Mm -hmm. and uh you know from a female perspective it might be like who's your boyfriend on this team and and, (laughs) you know drafting drafting uh fantasy teams where uh every single player has to have the same astrological sign or whatever like very important that is that is that is hockey analysis to me (laughs) yeah exactly and i mean like i feel like we do dick jokes occasionally <laughs> um, <laughs> there's some of that mixed in there too but, but, but you know yeah, like it's, yeah. it's it is weird that like it, when it's from a male angle that kind of tone is totally fine and when it's from a female angle it's like whoa you don't take this seriously what is this <laughs> yeah. some kind of game 
Uh, but I mean, like, like, I, like I said, like, I, I don't want to become an expert, like, I, but I, do, but I have had such a great time just this season, like, actually learning hockey and, like, you know, learning how it works and, like, learning who the players are. But my primary interest is always going to be, like, sort of w- not what's going on behind the scenes, but just, like, the narrative the culture, of it. The culture and like, the narrative. That's what I'm interested yeah. in. And I don't think that makes me a less, a less, um, like, serious fan. Yeah, like, right. and, and I also think that's how like a lot of women experience sports, and I'm and I'm not trying to be like, uh, like make stereotypes or anything like that. But I think I think that women in general do like to see a little bit more of a narrative and like see how guys get along on and off the ice, and like you know, and I think that's a huge market that a lot of like sports analysis sort of misses out on. Like and talking, the, NA- and the NHL yes. in general, I think has had a problem with that just in the past because there's been such a lack of personality that's been acceptable. Yeah. Like, why do you want to watch a bunch of guys who like are basically have become like personalities of Lego blocks, like play a sport? Like that's boring. Yeah. And I, we, I, we had this conversation a little bit last night, um, but I, I've, you know, tried to come up with a way to describe your show that I could, you know, tell it to tell, uh, you know, uh, hockey fans that I know that like, oh, you should go listen to this. It's super fun. I have a good time with it every week. But how do I describe it in a way that doesn't sound like uh, there was this thing, this, this, like this, this counter programming offering that CBC came up with in the in the playoffs. Like, thank you eight, so much for telling us about that. Eight or nine years ago or so, uh, it was called like hockey and high heels or something like that. Uh, While the men watch, might have been the yeah. name of it. Yeah, um, that's what it, I found the clip today, and that is what it was called. Yeah. While the men watch, and it was like a blog, but it was also like it had its own kind of alternate. Uh, commentary stream that you could watch during the Stanley Cup playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, everybody fucking hated this thing, including (laughs) women who were like, this is an embarrassment to our gender. Yeah. It's like, you know, drunken wine moms talking about fashion and who the hottest players are and blah, blah, blah. Like there were female fans who felt embarrassed by this, that this is what you think uh, you know, ha- NHL uh, fandom is for women is blah. Right. It, it was like the media equivalent of the way there was that phase where the NHL thought, oh, if we're going to sell women's jerseys, then they can't just be women's sizes. They also need to be pink and white. They all and completely have to be disregard yeah. <laughs> the color scheme of every single team. It was like the media equivalent of that. And then I was thinking, like, did that actually suck? Or was that just, you know, did that just drop into a very hostile sexist media landscape i have i can't it's been so long ago now i think i think both yeah i think christine and i probably have a little bit differing opinions yeah so i watched it and like i mean so i i got got through all of it i don't think audrey got through all of it but uh a minute 45 so so like so like i mean like they they a lot of the things they talk about are stuff that we talk about yeah you know like we talk about like oh who's my like oh yes like i refer to people on teams as like my boyfriend or like my husband or my other son which i'm saying now out loud sounds really weird and stupid (laughs) but and we talk about like in in context it works about like we talk about like austin matthews suits we, we talk about a lot of the same stuff that they do, but I think where they were coming from was a viewpoint of like, well, my husband is watching yes. this. So, so I guess I have I... To make, yeah, I have to make this bearable for myself because otherwise it would be so awful if I had to watch hockey. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Also, you're funny, and they probably were not as well. <laughs> they were not funny. I don't know. What's, what's weird to me about kind of like the cultural moment in which that show was on, which I guess was like 2010, 2011. Yeah. Because that's when, because it was in, they were in Vancouver for like the Stanley Cup finals. Yes, that would have been 2011. So that's like, a, it was, it had a very Real Housewives vibe to me. And that was kind of like, the pinnacle of the Real Housewives franchise. First of like, all, no, it's not. The Real moment. Housewives is still on and awesome. No, 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 it's still on. But I think it, it was hitting its like cultural stride at that moment. Maybe here, yes. Yeah. And you know, everybody was kind of into the lives of these uh, thirty and forty something wine moms, more or less, who were like wealthy women who were, and and that kind of became like a cultural thing of its own. And I think they were probably trying to duplicate a little bit of that magic for themselves, which I, res- I respect the hustle, like, very much. Um, but, yeah, the framing of it... I mean, they it, got on CBC. It worked. Yeah, level, it worked. Right? It worked. The framing of it was fucking awful. Um, because, yeah, it's like, okay, we're, we're creating this product for women, but it is framed in the context of we are being forced to watch something that our husbands are watching. And it's so bad that I have to go in the other room and talk on the phone with this other woman about it. Yeah, my, my husband has crafted this sports prison for me. <laughs> I'm locked in the house. And I, I have no alternative. And I have to speak through the pipes into the next jail cell to the woman in, in the jail right, next to me. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the probably the main difference between that and what Christine and I do is that we genuinely enjoy hockey, and we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. Um, so yeah. Well, at the very least, I'm glad to have uh, to have brought this to your attention, and maybe yeah. back <laughs> into the minds of people who have long since forgotten it because A I had cultural artifact eight years ago now. These, these wine moms getting drunk and watching <laughs> hockey on a CBC alt stream. I hope that's going to be me and Christina in like 15 years. Can... I, I Yeah, I hope I hope we never won that you like don't hate me in, in 10 years. <laughs> and never two that we're still talking about hockey and getting drunk. And yeah. just having to are. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, totally. on a brighter note, uh, before we wrap up here, because I don't want to end on, uh, you know, depressing notes of sexism and all that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, we were joking last night about uh, this one thing that I unironically really enjoy about this Canucks season, which is that every time they lose on home ice, <laughs> oh God. They, play, <laughs> they play I'm With You by Avril Lavigne, which is from her uh, sophomore album, which came out 15 years ago now. That Very every, good song. Every time the Canucks lose on home ice, they wrap up the night by playing a very sad Avril Lavigne song from 15 years ago. She's Canadian, right? She is, yes. Okay. But, but from Ontario. There's no, oh. like, Vancouver oh, gross. tie in any way. <laughs> um, and I was kind of making fun of this, and Christina, you were like, no, it's genuinely great. Like, it's not... It's a very good it's song. It's unironically <laughs> a hilarious thing to do. And I agree. I do sincerely love that they play this song. Uh, so I will ask you, before we wrap up, uh, if you were in charge of the game ops of a NHL franchise... Oh my god, dream. What, yeah. what sad song would you play <laughs> at the end of uh, Home Ice Losses? Easy. Every Time by Britney Spears. <laughs> You don't know that one? No. No, that's a good one. You don't know that song? I don't Justin? think I do, no. Is that it's, was that a single? Was, 
yes, it was a it was a huge song. It's like from okay. I, it's I'm one gonna... of her original slow. It's like one of her very well known sad songs. Everyone, I try to fly. I fall. With it's really all... sad. My week. That's where she kills herself in the bathtub in the video. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Anyway, what that would sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. So, as you know, um, as I've said before, I could I could never have this job because every <laughs> every stoppage of play, I would play the entirety of of Midnight City, just the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's I so do. Sad. But I do no, it's not sad. But I I, I do think that this is a, was an easy choice for me. It would be Band of Horses, the funeral. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so or good. or here's my second option: The Winner Takes It All, ABBA, but oh. the Meryl Streep version from Mamma Mia. The bad version. Okay. That's yeah, the bad version. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm gonna, here's me, I'm Justin. Go with, Justin I'm please. Go with the uh, screaming infidelities by Dashboard Confessional. Oh. I, I want some like wow. real, some real like early years high school acoustic guitar emo is what I yeah. really need to to play after every loss. I think. I like that. Yeah, that yeah. might not be the right song, but definitely like Dashboard Confessional of that era. The vibes. Play some fucking braid. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would hate it, but I would I would love it. Glad to know we would we would all be fired from this job. <laughs> no, I mean you've got it right though. Playing Midnight City in its entirety, like that's that's a quintessential like live sports arena. I would song. hold up I would hold up action on the ice until the song was finished. <laughs> How much money do you think M83 has made from like sports things like licensing Midnight City? Like, I, slaps. they're awesome live, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's great. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Justin, I, I really hope that we're going to be able to come visit this summer. I hope so too. I would love to have you up here for the draft. We will we'll hold a, a great uh, you know, hockey Twitter summit at one of the local Ooh, bars here. Right. That's Excellent. Terrible thing to, to envision that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like, I want it badly. But like the cool <laughs> Vancouver lady hockey Twitter scene yeah. that you were talking okay. about earlier. It'll just yeah, be those yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So please, please visit my wonderful city as it hosts the NHL draft uh, in a couple months from now. I would please like it. my baby, sport. Please yeah. visit the baby auction. <laughs> yeah, the baby auction. <laughs> Yes. Let's sell some miners. And if you if you do uh, come up here for that, then I will gladly welcome you back onto the show, and we can do this live in person. Right. Hope you don't lose subscribers for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you don't get put in any like harassment DMs. <laughs> well, let me help you gain some subscribers right now. How can people find your show? Oh, we are on iTunes uh, and all other podcast mediums uh, at Puck Bunnies. You know, the show that's called Puck Bunnies. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, PuckBunnies uh, underscore pod. Uh, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. Yeah, I highly encourage blindly subscribing to our Patreon without listening to the show. Yeah, that's yeah. the best thing to do, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, Christina and I are also on Twitter, but I'm sure you already know that. Yeah. All right. Well, Audrey Bowler, Christina, last name withheld. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I, it was Thanks, a pleasure Justin. talking to you. This was Thank so fun. Right, well, I'm going to go finish moving now and uh, throw myself into Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out! <laughs> 
So there it is, folks. That's your Real Good for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, you can find more of Audrey and Christina every single week on Puck Bunnies, or you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, their handles are in the show notes this week. Uh, this episode was produced by you, the Patreon donor. To become a donor and support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash realgoodshow. I know I haven't exactly earned every penny this last month, but I appreciate every bit of support I get, especially uh, when I'm going through a rough patch like I have been. I cannot thank you enough. Now, I have learned my lesson enough not to make any promises on next week's show as far as what it will include, uh, who the guests might be, but I can promise you that there will be a next week's show, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Until then, be real, be good, be real good.